two great guests joining us. First is Webster Phillips, Senior Legislative Representative for the National Committee to Preserve Social Security and Medicare. And second is Terry O'Neill, an attorney, law professor, and activist for social justice, elected president of the National Organization for Women in 09. She's also president of the NOW Foundation and the chair of the NOW Political Action Committee. It's more than a pleasure to have Webster and Terry with us. Hey to the both of you. Good afternoon and welcome. Good afternoon. Hey, it's Leslie. to be here. Great. Yeah, good, good, yeah. good to have you uh, uh, both with us. Well, as a woman who's been waiting, not just for a female president, but <laughs> candidate and one, to, and one to be elected. Sorry, Hillary just is not answering my tweets or uh, Facebook messages. But, um, it, you know, the issue, and, you know, I'm a Fox News contributor, but I'm a liberal progressive Democrat, also a brunette, so people often find that odd that I'm on Fox in that capacity. But um, uh, one of the things that I constantly will argue is when people, you know, on the right will say, you know, there's no disparity you know, in wages between men and women, you know, between the genders, even though statistically it's a fact. And they love to say, well, Hillary's not paying her women the same. President Obama's not paying his women the same. Well, of course not, because women are paid on average only 77 percent of what men are paid. Uh, Terry, and this is a problem among all women. But if you are a woman of color, that gap is even wider, right? You know, you're right, Leslie. It's it's uh, if you're an African American woman, the wage gender wage gap is around 64 cents to the dollar, and if you're a Latina, it's right around 58 or 59 cents to the dollar. I mean, how are you going to save for your retirement on 58 cents to the dollar? Now, you know, we're we're two women here, and you know, we're having a good estrogen chat, Webster. So we'll let you uh, weigh in, uh, you know, with the testosterone side of things. But no, no, in all reality, kidding aside. These wage gaps remain, even though there was passage of the Equal Pay Act in 1963, the Lilly Ledbetter Pay Act of 09, Fair Pay Act of 09, and, and there's been numerous other legislation that prohibits employment discrimination. Uh, Webster, would you agree this clearly is discriminatory? Well, absolutely. Um, if you look at the numbers, as, as Terry just said, um, uh, women uh, fall behind men very substantially uh, at at all points in their lives in terms of their income. Uh, just for example, in 2012, um, average income for women was $38,000. For men, it was $48,362 for a $10,362 difference. We, I think we've dropped the dimes there. Um, but you can see it's a very substantial difference um, uh, in, in the median earnings um, uh, I wanna, of men I wanna, and women. I, I want to talk about also, Terry, you know, there are people out there that think the war on women is a, a pretty cute soundbite, but there's not reality. And there is reality. And uh, not just with equal pay. We are talking about equal pay today. Terry, I'll probably have you on in the future talk about many other issues because there is a warm women, especially when you look at legislation that's been proposed or even passed in various states or on a national level. Um, you know, when, when we look at uh, women and we look at the breakdown, lower level and entry level jobs, lower paying jobs are often filled by women. Women who maybe stayed home to have children and didn't get the education that their male counterparts did. 
women who perhaps, whether they got the education or not, uh, were working and then stayed home with the kids and have re-entered the workforce. And, you know, perhaps they're not as up on the latest technology, you know, uh, working on computers when they've been raising, you know, a, you know uh, three or four kids, a handful of kids. Um, so there, there are a lot of disadvantages that women have. And then when you look at the higher end of the spectrum with CEOs, you know, well, approximately, what, 11% of America's CEOs are women, yet we're more than 50% of the population in this country? Exactly. Yeah, it's really across the board, um, as Webb said. And, and you know, Leslie, here's, here's some really uh, startling statistics, and I think we need to start connecting these dots. Um, uh, two-thirds of minimum wage workers in the United States are women, and that's largely because 70% of tipped workers in the U.S. are women. Now, the restaurant industry is the most rapidly growing industry in the country, um, and yet it, is, it accounts for seven of the ten lowest-paid positions across the entire economy, and 70% of people working in the restaurant industry as tipped workers are women, and, and very disproportionately women of color. So a lot of that gender wage gap is actually attributable not so much to people being paid a different wage for doing the same work, which is what the Equal Pay Act is about, and it's really what the Lilly Ledbetter Fair Pay Act is, is, is about. If you do the same job, you should be paid the same. The problem is when women are clustered in the very lowest paying jobs, that, that equal pay for the same job doesn't really help us. What we really need to do is two things. First, we have to make um, job positions more friendly to women that are higher paid jobs. And second, we really need to value the work that women do, elder care, child care, um, social work. All of those things that tend to be paid lower shouldn't be. They're, very, they're at least as important as knowing how to fill a pothole, right? Oh, no, most definitely. And it, it really bothers me, even when you look in the professional world, uh, you know, people who are uh, in the medical field, physicians, uh, you know, or other uh, medical workers. But looking at physicians, right, when you have a lot of, you know, and more, uh, you know, male doctors in some specialties than women, right. you know, even when you're doing equal value work, the same job in professions like medicine or law, especially where you're talking about attorneys or doctors, or even on Wall Street, they still aren't getting equal pay. So this isn't just about the lower end and the entry level, uh, you know, minimum wage job of the spectrum. Right. It, it goes. It, it's, it's both. It's absolutely both. I mean, in, in fact, medicine is a perfect example because neurosurgeons, um, women doing exactly the same type of neurosurgery as men are paid substantially less. But on the other hand, if you look at the at the medical profession, the doctors, MDs as a whole, you'll find that pediatricians, where women tend to concentrate, um, are paid less. Um, and also family doctors, which are some of the most important um, contributors to the health of, of people in this country, that tends to the general practitioner has a lower wage than, uh, than the specialized. And the specialized tend to be more men, and the GPs tend to be more women. Um, I wanted to know, uh, Webster, according to these numbers, and when you look at the disparity, this obviously affects women's spending power, which blows my mind because, you know, I, I know who's going to the market in Target, Chez Target, as I like to call it, in my house, and it's me. Uh, and and I, I'm not alone in that, right? Women are the – and I know. We all know this. No matter where I've lived, whatever city I've lived throughout the country, uh, this is – you know, you see the women, uh, you know, largely the consumers uh, for the household. But it also penalizes their retirement security because it creates gaps in Social Security and also gaps in pensions, right, Webster? Can you speak to that? 
Yes, it does. Um, at any given time, this is kind of an interesting statistic, and it sort of feeds into what Terry was talking about. Uh, in, uh, if you look at the uh, people who are out of the workforce at any given point in time, 30% of them are women, only 15% of them are men. And that reflects the fact that women often take time out from the workforce to take care of children, to take care of um, elderly uh, family members who are in declining health. Um, and so that translates into a hole in their Social Security benefit, uh, which accounts in part for the fact that uh, uh, that, uh, that women receive only 76% of the Social Security benefit that are paid to men. Um, in 2012, um, uh, the average monthly benefit for a woman was $1,043. For men, it was $1,366 for a $323 a month disparity. Um, also feeding into that is that women tend to be in part-time employment more often than men. Uh, 45% of women are in part-time at any get part-time employment at any given time versus 24% of men, and this affects not just the Social Security, it also affects the amount of income, investment income or retirement income that's available to women in retirement. And there is a particular dilemma because um, women live longer than men, and oftentimes they, after they've exhausted their savings, uh, they, they run the risk of, uh, of, of um, uh, living in poverty in their last years in life. Uh, Terry, we talked about 77 cents on every dollar are earned by men that women get, their average uh, you know, annual paycheck. And we talked about women of color, um, African-American women earning only 64 cents on the dollar, uh, Hispanic or Latina women uh, just 55 cents. But also we see that pay equity varies by location, right? Uh, I mean, like if you're in Washington, D.C., you average uh, more to every man's dollar than some other parts of the country where, quite frankly, if you look at uh, women in Wyoming earning 64% of what their male counterparts make, some of those other parts of the country are where women would need that extra money or equal money on the dollar even more, especially if they're single parents. Yeah, absolutely, Leslie. So so not only do women predominate in those lower-paid jobs, but 40% of households rely on women as the primary wage earner. And, and you know, it's very, it's very different by location. Washington, D.C., the, the wage gap is smaller. We think it's largely because um, there's so many in government employment in Washington, D.C. And actually what we find is that um, in, in, in union jobs and in government jobs, there is a smaller wage gap, and that's probably because of transparency. Uh, the, the union job rates are well known. They're transparent. They're made available to everybody. The same in government. If, you know, you have your, your GS level or whatever, and it has a certain salary range attached to it, and that's all public information. But it's where you have secrecy, where you have a lot of employment is with employers who make it a fireable offense to share your salary information with anybody, that's where you're going to see the larger gender wage gaps. And and uh, what we're trying to do right now is pass a law that prohibits employers from penalizing employees who share their wage information. In fact, Lily Ledbetter didn't know that she was being paid unfairly until one of her coworkers gave her an anonymous note he was he, because it was a firing offense in their in their company but he sent her a, a, a note that said you're not being paid the same as the rest of us managers you should check it out and he um, could have been fired if he had done that openly 
Ab- absolutely uh, uh, crazy. And uh, so people understand what this means, you know, uh, when you, you know, when you break it down. We're going to take a look at what that does mean. I mean, 44 years for the wage gap to close just 18 cents. You know that yeah, we, yeah. we we shouldn't tolerate that anymore. And I, as uh, one woman, a one woman and one voter, am going to uh, definitely make sure when I cast my vote, I am voting for candidates uh, that want to level the playing field. We'll be back with Webster Phillips and Terry O'Neill right after this quick break. Don't go away. In the meantime, uh, follow on Twitter NCPSSM, the National Committee to Preserve Social Security and Medicare. Follow them on Twitter at NCPSSM. Also follow now at now. National Now. The websites for now are now.org and for the NCPSSM, NCPSSM.org. Back with Webster Phillips, Terry O'Neill, and you right after this quick break. Don't go away. And we're back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. Webster Phillips, Senior Legislative Representative for the National Committee to Preserve Social Security and Medicare, is one of our guests. The other is Terry O'Neill, an attorney, law professor, and activist for social justice, elected to be the president of NOW, the National Organization for Women in 09. And she's also president of the NOW Foundation and chair of the NOW Political Action Committees. Webster Terry, thank you uh, for holding. Almost could combine your names there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Great to talk to you, Leslie. <laughs> um, I, I, I want to I, I wanna talk, um, Terry, once again, I know I spoke to you after the break, uh, but Webster, uh, before the break, we'll go back to you in a minute, Webster. But, uh, Terry, I have people tweeting. I was just checking uh, Twitter. And guys, even women, I think have this idea that, hey, the Equal Pay Act was passed in 1963, so everything that we're saying, to quote Vice President Biden, is a bunch of malarkey. Um, and that, you know, full-time working women then were paid 59 cents on average for every dollar paid to men. And, you know, uh, speaking to that 44 years for the wage gap to close just 18 cents, a rate of less than half a penny uh, a year, um, that narrowing of the gap has slowed substantially since the turn of the century. As somebody who has fought for women's rights and continues to in your current and former positions. What do you think that is, being that more women are entering not just the workforce, but more women are entering universities, having uh, not just secondary education, but graduate school, higher-level education, PhDs, uh, MDs, uh, you know, entering more of what used to be known as the man's world with regard to employment and careers? You know, Leslie, a big, big part of the problem is the federal court system. You know, back in the in the 60s and 70s, laws were being passed on the assumption that they would actually be enforced by the federal uh, by, by the federal judiciary. But around 1980, uh, the right wing actually began a campaign, which has continued to this day, to put right wing ideologues into federal uh, judgeships, and that has really succeeded. Look at the Supreme Court. You've got John Roberts, who is widely uh, viewed as one of the most political and right-wing ideological Supreme Court justices this country has ever had. And, of course, he's backed up by uh, extreme ideologues like, like Antonin Scalia and Samuel Alito and, um, and, and Clarence Thomas. So what we've got is a federal court system that is making it harder and harder and harder to enforce our rights not to be discriminated against in the workplace. So that that's a really huge thing. And quite frankly, Leslie, there's another issue right outside the legal system, and that is the bullying, the harassment, uh, 
uh, of women and of, of uh, men and women of color, white women and, and women of color and men of color, um, that is increasingly being defended on First Amendment rights. It's okay for me to harass somebody out of my workplace because they look different from me because I got a right of free speech. It's completely outrageous. Uh, freedom of so-called freedom of religion is being used, you know, to to uh, as a as a stick instead of a shield. To, to protect people to, to practice their religion, now they're using freedom of religion um, to enforce so-called religious views on others. So we've got a real problem in this country of um, our rights, individuals' rights not being respected, frankly. Uh, that, um, Webster, the, the gap that we have with pay you were talking about earlier reflects retirement. And it reflects savings for people to add to retirement, right? I mean, for many, what they're going to get in Social Security, especially if they didn't work full-time in a high-level paying job their whole life, that Social Security check may be very small and not enough to retire and not enough. And and if they're in an entry-level position, they're not going to have a 401K and probably not enough to put any portion of that paycheck aside for an IRA or any type of a retirement savings plan. You put your finger right on a terrible dilemma. Um, if you've spent a lifetime earning um, a substantially uh, less amount than men and you're a woman going into retirement, you're going to confront some disparities. We've talked about the smaller Social Security benefit. We've talked about um, uh, less retirement savings. Um, it goes down the list. Uh, women also are less likely to have pensions, uh, defined pensions, uh, than men. Uh, 42% of men have them, 23% of women. Um, and and if, if you've taken time out from the workforce and, and to take care of somebody, children, elderly, family members, it's all going to turn up uh, in retirement, sad to say, uh, and that smaller benefit amount. Now, Social Security still does a wonderful job of protecting women uh, from poverty. Um, right now, um, the poverty rate in, amongst elderly women 65 and older is 11%. If it weren't for Social Security, it would be over 48% would be living in poverty. So, mm-hmm. so Social Security has a wonderful track record in helping reduce poverty amongst all uh, elderly Americans, but particularly women. Uh, but still, there's more work to be done. The program can be improved, which is why the National Committee has endorsed uh, a, a list of, of legislative proposals that we think would make Social Security work better for women in retirement. Uh, I am out of time, but I definitely want to have you guys back to talk about this. I may even you know, have you on separately. Who knows? Webster, uh, Terry, thank you for taking the time to join us today. Sorry that time just flew, not just when you're having fun, but when you're being highly informed by two people that know their stuff. Thank you very much. Webster Phillips and Terry O'Neill. Again, follow on Twitter, the National Committee to Preserve Social Security and Medicare, at NCPSSM. Follow now the National Organization for Women at National NOW. The websites for now are now.org and the NCPSSM is ncpssm.org. You ever hear something and know the world will never be the same? Houston, we have liftoff. Well, wait until you hear this one. Half price coffee. That's right. Get into McDonald's weekdays before 10.30 a.m. for any size premium roast coffee or iced coffee. Both made with 100% Arabica beans, both half the price. Good is brewing. 
And that's the sound of your morning changing. Limited time only. May not be combined with any offer or combo meal at participating McDonald's. This is no ordinary sub shop. This is Firehouse Subs. Welcome to Firehouse. Tired of overpriced lunches that underdeliver on flavor? Head to Firehouse Subs, where for a limited time you can get a $4.99 choice sub. Choose from a medium smoked turkey, Virginia honey ham, or roast beef. They're custom-made hot subs at a price ready-made to make you smile. Just $4.99, only at Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations plus tax limited time offer prices may vary for delivery.